This is the Meetings Done Right podcast, uh, where we talk about meetings and we talk about the TableXI inclusion deck, uh, which is a set of cards designed to help you facilitate better meetings. Ashley, what card are we talking about in this episode? Noel, today we're talking about the three opinion cards. So if you are running the meeting or you're the CEO, you've called a meeting because you want to get people's opinions and you want to understand what feedback you can get on a particular concept or an idea. You want to brainstorm. And the worst thing you can do is dominate that conversation. So the three opinion cards, you lay them out one, two, three, every time you have an opinion. And once they're out, they're out. Right. Normally, the the rule here is that the person holding the opinion cards can only ask clarifying questions without playing an opinion card. And yeah, when you're out, you're out. We have a guest with us to help us talk about questions and opinions and meetings. Michael Donnelly, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to chat about this. And um, I come from a world of startups and large companies mixed together and focus a lot of my time on diversity and inclusion efforts, as well as uh, most currently doing some business development. So I am the founder of Forward Collective, FWD Collective, and I recently took on a role to help out a website development and design firm called Elevate in their business development initiative. So I've been in all different types of meetings, all different types of structures, and really excited to dive in on how we can capitalize on making sure that people are heard. Awesome. You were an early tester. Why were the cards in general so exciting for you? Meetings are an opportunity for everyone to have the ability to share what they're working on. And there should be some type of agenda, but, you know, I'm sure we've all seen the meme, um, just survived another email or meeting that could have been an email. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think what happens a lot of times is we've seen the pass the baton style of talking. We've seen the very well-prepared agenda style of talking and the cards were a way to gamify calling people out on what they're doing that could be disruptive without making them feel bad because a lot of times what happens is in a meeting if someone is dominant or is providing more information one way or the other you you get caught up in that and you almost I mean just to name a few of the cards that I've seen the kick a dead horse card you're kind of stuck talking and this gives an opportunity to make that funny versus to have someone then react defensively which I've seen happen a lot of times when you try and work collaboratively to bring a meeting back to task. So with respect to this particular card like what's wrong with uh, the person potentially running the meeting offering all of their opinions <laughs> as they have them? Yeah. So I think this card is is really lovely for many reasons. Um, understanding kind of the growth of the card and what it was born out of from the table XI side of things. I know that you guys created this card specifically for your founder because he was generally really, really excited to talk through some of the different points in a meeting. And um, I have a very similar personality where I would interrupt people and I would jump in and in no way would I be trying to cut people off. But as one of the key stakeholders in decision-making, that could happen very easily. So the opinion card gives the person the opportunity to really think through when they're sharing versus just off the cuff, say everything that comes to mind. I love it. Mark Rickmeyer is our uh, CEO and he is the one that this was designed around. But I got to tell you, like this 
is totally something I'm guilty of in a meeting because I often call meetings because I'm so excited about a concept and then I like share the (laughs) concept and I don't logically want everyone to just tell me it's a great idea and then everyone applaud, but it wouldn't be a bad meeting for me. Uh, (laughs) It's a really helpful tool for somebody like me who's not trying to dominate the conversation, but especially if I get really excited about something, it just naturally happens. I really can't help it. I'm so excited. I just want to barf excitement and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, I totally see that. And I'm guilty of it myself when it comes to projects that we find passion in. And I think that's where a lot of times different personality types are are showing in the uh, introverts versus extroverts and how we share our feedback or share our excitement. So, you know, people who are generally more social or are generally kind of stepping out more don't realize that in sharing your opinions or sharing your excitement, you may be stifling other creative voices or other opinions that could be really important to pay attention to while launching a new project or an internal initiative or something Mm -hmm. of that nature. So it gives different voices the opportunity to be heard. One of the things I like about this card is it doesn't kick the card holder out of the meeting entirely. The person who holds the card is not, you know, is it's not stand in the corner. You're there to ask questions and therefore to listen and to like, as we talk about some of the other cards, you're there to yes. And people to ask Mm -hmm. clarifying questions and, and keep the meeting going. One of the goals of the cards in general, and I think of this one in particular, is to set up an environment where everybody gets a chance to offer their opinion and nobody feels like they are being prevented from doing that. Uh, No, I see exactly what you're saying, Noel, specifically around the question asking. I think it allows for the person running the meeting to be more introspective in how they're receiving feedback and or how um, the conversation is going. Instead of waiting to kind of tell everybody what you're thinking, it's really processing and listening and it allows for you to put on, you know, let's go all go back to preschool and put on our listening ears and come up with some interactive elements for discussion rather than just telling everybody what we think. So it allows for that process of, of really kind of diving deeper into what's being shared while you're in the room and processing what's being said by others. Michael, you've facilitated things professionally, including some of our internal to Table XI meetings. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that are hardest to control from a facilitator standpoint? I think the biggest hurdles are getting to know what's okay to push for and where we have to be careful of different personality types. So um, making everyone feel welcome with the opportunity to share and engage, but also not making anyone feel uncomfortable by asking them. So it's about setting the tone early on in the meeting This is something that um, I'm fortunate to have been complimented on at some of our forward events that I didn't even realize I was doing. But people would say, when we come to a forward panel, it feels like we're hanging out in your living room rather than Ah. very formal and sitting down. Like, you know, uh, we allow questions throughout the panel. We allow people to kind of interact with the panelists more frequently than you see at most events. And Mm -hmm. that is something that can become complicated because it does have to be controlled. So people don't just get out of hand. Everyone's shouting out, but it's finding a balance balance between being polite, but also um, allowing people to feel comfortable and engaged. And I think that has to do with the tone set of how do you 
really work together to make this like, do we all know what the end result that we're looking for or close to what our goals are here? Here's the way that we're kind of setting up the the stage to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And here's your part and here's my part. So finding opportunities to guide people in a collaborative fashion rather than what happens a lot of times is you go to a meeting, you see the agenda and you're not really sure what your place is or how you're supposed to interact or when there's feedback or when there's conversation. So allowing for setting the stage as much as possible and what's expected of the individuals as they're in the room or on the phone or involved in that entirely. How do the cards help in that kind of facilitation? So we have not used them in the more formal facilitation that I've been a part of, but they help in the engagement of gamifying the conversation, gamifying the meeting, making it fun to find different ways to engage and allowing people to understand that although some things may be considered a fault at times it doesn't have there's there's other ways to highlight your thoughts without continuing to do it down the same path so it allows for a learning potential for that individual and a way for others who may i mean we tone each other out if we see that <laughs> unfortunately that starts to happen you know they talk about banner ad blindness etc well if someone shows up to a meeting and acts the same way every meeting there's certain times that people just won't hear what they have to say so it'll allow other opportunities for that person to be heard and explore alternative communication methods so that there is an actual channel of communication and there isn't that wall being built on all sides. That's so interesting. I I had a um, family friend that was a very, very effective lawyer. And uh, one of the reasons that she was so effective is because she spoke like a few decibels under what you were used to. And so you had to pay a lot of attention because she was speaking so softly. And she was always saying something like insightful and good. But if she had just been speaking in a normal tone, and I think I speak always like a little louder and I'm always a little flashier, it might do me some good to uh, switch it up like you suggested <laughs> a little bit and take some, some cues from my friend. One of the things that's fun about being in a meeting with this particular, the opinion card in general, is there becomes, a, you're talking about gamifying, and there's definitely a little bit of a strategy element to deploying the <laughs> opinion cards, uh, especially if everybody knows, like you deploy them when you have something important to say. And when you are down to your last one, I mean, I, we're not above trolling Mark <laughs> a little bit when we know he doesn't have very many opinion cards left in a meeting. I can almost see the drum roll effects coming in. There's one left. Is he going to play it? (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I think also like tone is really important in this and it helps for the person who holds the cards to be kind of a good sport about it. In general, I think it helps for people to accept these cards sort of in the spirit in which they're intended. Like, What would you do to explain these cards maybe to an audience that hadn't used them, how would you try and get them receptive to using these tools in their meetings? The purpose of the cards and the opportunity to really engage with the cards is we all know that meetings, hence the name of the podcast, aren't done right right now. So there's an opportunity to up our level of interaction, up our engagement. And if we want to be more productive with our time, which is one of the most valuable assets or resources or however we want to classify time in our lives, let's make sure that we're using it correctly in a way that is more fun 
fun and allows for us to share with each other and hear each other in a way that's more meaningful overall. So if I'm introducing it, um, or if I would be introducing it to a a room full of people, it would be, hey, we've all been in a meeting before. (laughs) Tell me more about (laughs) why this meeting went that way or that way, or, you know, even just holding up the cards themselves and telling the story of where they came from. I think um, every time I've seen the cards or interacted with the cards, we can all immediately picture someone in our heads who personifies that card and who would benefit from having the ability to interact with that card during a meeting situation. So speaking of meeting situations, tell me what's the best or worst meeting you've ever been a part of? There's not, unfortunately, one that sticks out as the worst. And I think that's probably because it happens so often and just in general, where people are completely talked over or I'm trying to think of examples where you just can't get a word in edgewise. And I've seen it happen time Mm -hmm. and time again. And I've seen it happen to all different types of people in all different backgrounds. But I think that's the the hardest thing is it's not just one bad meeting situation. It's a perpetual cycle of we don't know how to listen very well, (laughs) especially in professional settings where everyone has an agenda as you should, you should have a a reason of of having the meeting. So um, I think it's just uh, it leads to a lot of conversations from you know what we talk about during our forward engagements of how do I find my opportunities to get heard more in meetings. Um, I guess unfortunately that's that's not a really fun answer because it just like leads to why this makes a lot of sense. So it, it gives the cards their their own stage to stand on of of being a solution in this very noisy atmosphere of a problem best situation, we participated Elevate in a engagement where we were able to help a nonprofit in creating their website. And we were actually randomly placed into a group and the group got together to create um, kind of an initial stakeholder and laundry list of things that would be needed to analyze this website. And it was so beautiful. There were four of us together, all different backgrounds, orientations, groups, mindedness, different areas of walks of life from level of career, et cetera, mixed in there. And it was so polite. Everyone said, thank you. Everyone said, excuse me in the nicest way, not Mm. where it kind of got in the way. Sometimes there's that over polite, but it was building on people's ideas and writing down and, and, you know, no, to what you said earlier, it was a very yes. And atmosphere to, you know, that idea it works. And what if we thought about this or how does that fit into the big picture? So we did have the opportunity to have a big whiteboard that we were working off of and kind of move and work together. And we all took different different turns being described. We took different turns in each role, which I think aided to that. Um, And there was a great cause that we were all kind of bought into. So that led to everyone being like real excited about it. That's awesome. That sounds great. I've recently become increasingly convinced of the value of a simple thank you in setting the the tone for a good interaction and a good meeting. Oh, that's good. I actually, so you mentioned that you all took turns being the scribe. I have like a visceral reaction to being asked to be the scribe because I think, first of all, you usually ask a woman to like write everything down and then that automatically takes her and her opinion out of the meeting. 
And uh, I think I'm just so sensitive to that kind of behavior, which you really don't see so much. First of all, in the meetings I'm in lately, everyone is taking notes on a laptop. There doesn't need to be just one note taker, but I think it's so unfair to always pick a woman. And then she's so busy like making sure that she gets everything that she doesn't get a chance to actually participate, except as the scribe. I'm pretty sure that's why today I have terrible handwriting. <laughs> because I've said for years, like, no, I'm not doing that. My, I look like a drunk four-year-old. It's terrible handwriting. You don't want to see it. Well, you found your excuse. I did. I did. But <laughs> Really, I- we knew that it was something bigger, but <laughs> little did we know, I guess, it was something bigger. But um, I, can, I can definitely, definitely empathize with that. And having pretty good handwriting and exceptional note-taking skills and being the person that was in class and having people ask me for my notes or even through some mid to slow to high level jobs that I've worked in or or have participated in, that's the way I process things Mm -hmm. is by taking notes. So because I'm good at it, a lot of times then people would ask for that. And then all of a sudden that would fall into the category of what I had to do every time. And people would depend on that. And it it did get to be frustrating at points. And I think that was where um, I found it to be such a great meeting when we all took turns or the person, you know, alternative to, you know, feeling like if you're assigned the scribe, that's a bad thing. I've been in other meetings where someone took on being the scribe and then mm-hmm. acted like that was the best thing ever and that they were the one running the meeting and that because they took the notes, they were they took it in a, a different way and, and made it to where everybody else was less than them because they kept the notes. And it's it huh. just gets to be goofy of kind of the different dynamics that can be thrown in and out of, you know, some people it doesn't bother them at all and they have take notes and they love it and they want to share and others it does create that visceral reaction or that reaction of, oh, well, because I'm doing this, I'm in charge of everything now. So I think that's why these cards are so interesting and so important because, you know, not everyone feels the same way about certain things that happen within a meeting or within conversation. And this allows for opportunities to highlight the different levels of interaction based on, you know, if you're personally getting defensive, this is a card that you should use. If you personally jump up and share your opinion as the card that we're talking about Mm -hmm. today regularly, then this is what you should use. But I'm sure there's people that you've been in meetings with. I know there are for me where I'm like, okay, we need like 20 opinion cards for you and you have to use them all (laughs) (laughs) because you never tell us your opinion. You more take notes and then share later, which is fine. But sometimes it's how do we pull this person out a little bit more to share and be present with us in the meeting, even though that may not be their style all the time. Is there ways that we can encourage that um, integrated collaboration happening during real the real time that that we're talking together. Absolutely. Do you have a non-card related tip that you would offer to people to improve their meetings? So I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, my biggest kind of win in hosting uh, events, meetings, engagements overall is really setting expectations. I I think it sounds very rudimentary, but it's so easy to forget in our day-to-day because we need to just throw a meeting on the calendar or or get things set up in certain ways where what do we expect of the person that we're meeting with and what should they expect from us and what do we all expect to walk away from? Um, A friend of mine shared what's called the PBC with me. That's the purpose benefit check. So if you're asking someone for a meeting, it's outlining what the purpose of it is, um, getting aligned on the benefits that you'll walk away with, and then checking in on everything overall. I think Mm. that's an easy way to look at that. If it's just a one-on-one or even, you know, with a client or in general, here's what we're working on together and why we're all in this room and what we want to walk away with. That's great. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show and, and telling us about how to have better meetings. 
Absolutely. I don't know if I'm uh, an expert just yet. I'm still working on it, but I appreciate what you have done as Table XI and um, both you and Nolan Ashley with this podcast of opening up more discussions about it because I really do think it allows for us to think bigger picture about how we approach our individual contributions to meetings and how we evaluate the others that are in the room with us and then figure out how to best take that into next level. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Meetings Done Right podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Inclusion Meeting Cards, order a set of your own, or find out about other episodes of this podcast, go to meetingsdoneright.co. That's meetingsdoneright, all one word, dot co. You can also find out more about this podcast by searching for Meetings Done Right wherever you listen to podcasts. Leaving a review on Apple Podcasts will help people find the show. The Inclusion Meeting Cards and the Meeting Done Right podcast are produced by TableXI. TableXI is one of Inc. Magazine's best workplaces and a top-rated custom software development company on Clutch.co. Learn more about TableXI at TableXI.com. Meetings Done Right is hosted by Ashley Quinto-Powell and Noel Rappin and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening.